0: So today we do celebrate the victory of life over death, of light over darkness, of love over sin. When we had our uh, resurrection breakfast this morning, uh, Anna started it off with a Lauren Daigle song, He's Still Rolling Stones, if you know that song, which I love. Because he removed and moved a literal stone, he's still moving all kinds of stones. And maybe some of us need to hear that this morning. If you weren't here for our vigil service last night, you might be wondering what this is. (laughs) This tree and these vines coming onto the table are. It was part of our vigil last night where we went through the mighty acts of God, culminating in the resurrection and then celebrating into the wee hours of the morning so some of us had not slept very much. <laughs> the joy of the Lord is our strength, as well as a bunch of coffee, <laughs> for me at least. <laughs> oh, I'm going to get on fire here. I've got to watch out. I'll move up. That's okay. I need some fire, some resurrection fire. We're going to talk about that actually in a minute. When you're hot, you're hot. So, yeah, for this year, for this vigil, we decided to do a theme through our vigil. To do the theme of a tree, the tree of life, is what we did, which this represents. And what we did, what we saw was this dramatic reenactment of the tree of life being planted and created in the Garden of Eden. And then we watched it tragically become dismantled before us. And then eventually we saw it reconfigured redemptively into, and grow into what we see here and now. So it was a way to symbolize and uh, illustrate the sacred story of of creation, fall, redemption. The creation of the cosmos, the fall of humanity, and the resurrection, redemption of Jesus Christ, of all things. It was also a way to, to illustrate and symbolize the life of Jesus, his life, death, and resurrection. Because in the Bible, Jesus functions as the tree of life. That's what he does. He says, I am the true vine, the true grape tree, if you will. And he says he will give us life. He gives us eternal life, fruit that will last, that will remain, leaves that will heal the nations as we abide in him. And we talked about how we cut him down, the tree of life and so he became a seed which we saw planted in the dirt on good friday here he was a seed that went into the earth and died and then 3 days later rose again so that the tree of life has been resurrected and replanted and has been growing and expanding through his branches i.e. his believers throughout the world for 2000 years bearing much fruit Today we celebrate the victory of this life over death. Over every form of death, whether it's spiritual death or physical death, we're going to talk a bit more and a bit about what comes under spiritual death. But let's just talk a few minutes about physical death. John Updike, the late and famous American novelist and poet and short story writer, he wrote a poem in 1960 called, seven stanzas at Easter. And this is how it starts. Make no mistake, if he rose at all, it was as his body. If the cell's disillusion did not reverse, the molecule re-knit, the amino acids rekindle, the church will fall. But it won't fall. (laughs) Because that is the kind of resurrection we are talking about. When every cell disillusion is reversed, when every molecule is re-knitted, every amino acid is rekindled. That is what we mean when we say Jesus rose from the dead. In our Gospel reading in John, we heard the tomb was empty and the body was not there because that body of Jesus was re-resurrected. Because every cell, molecule, and amino acid of his body had been resurrected. When Jesus resurrected from the dead, it didn't mean his spirit went off to a better place. It meant his very body was raised from the dead, made immortal, no longer subject to death or decay. That's what we're talking about. And that's what we mean when we say one day in him and with him, we too will be resurrected from the dead and get our new bodies in the new creation. Here's one more more stanza from Updike's poem that drives the point home even further. Again ties into our gospel passage to the stone in particular. Let us not mock God with metaphor, analogy, sidestepping, transcendence, making of the event a parable, a sign painted in the faded credulity of earlier ages. Let us walk through the door. The stone is rolled back, not papier-mâché, not a stone in a story, but the vast rock of materiality that in the slow grinding of time will eclipse for each of us the wide light of day. That is why we want to be found in him on that day. In his victory of life over death. The victory of a seed that died in the ground and rose from the dead and has been growing and expanding not only into a tree, but into a whole new creation of God. I'm going to take this seed a little further this morning. Physicists tell us that the whole universe started with an infinitely hot, dense, single point, like that of a pregnant seed, and then inflated and then stretched and expanded into our now ever-expanding universe. Jesus is that seed of the new creation that started blooming on Easter morning in Jerusalem on the first day of the week, or as some call it, the eighth day of the week of the new creation, and has blooming, growing ever since, reaching out far away, far out places like Fenway, and far out people like (laughs) y'all. Distance, not uh, necessarily weird. You might be weird, that's all right. There's nothing wrong with weird. I I love some weird people. (laughs) And I love the gospel, which is weird. Wonderfully weird. Kitty Ferguson is an American science writer, lecturer, former professional musician. And the following quote is from her book, The Fire in the Equations. Science, religion, and search for God. And here it is. We celebrate, when we celebrate Easter we are really standing in the middle of a second big bang, a tumultuous surge of divine energy as fiery and intense as the very beginning of the universe, what a recent writer wonderfully calls the fire in the equations. The energy in the mathematical and physical structures of things is here at Easter, And when in the ancient ceremonies of the night before Easter, we light a bonfire and bless it and light candles from it, which we did last night, we may think of the first words of God in Genesis, let there be light. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and there was light. In the new beginning, God raised Jesus from the dead, and that light, that fire, puts out every, extinguishes every, dispels every darkness on the planet. Today we celebrate the victory of light over darkness. That Easter fire is the creative energy behind the new creation, our world made new, our world without earthquakes, tornadoes, and famines. Our world without racism, mass shootings, or war our world without mental illness or cancer or death or sin of any kind, for they have been conquered, and they will be found no more. A place, a world where all are forgiven and walking in the way of Jesus, where God is truly thanked and honored and enjoyed as he should be where finally the will of our Father is being fully done on the earth as it is in heaven. Today we celebrate the victory of this light over darkness, of love over sin. And he wrote in his book, For All God's Worth, True Worship and the Calling of the Church, he wrote this. The message of the resurrection is that this world matters. That the injustices and pains of this present world must now be addressed with the news that healing, justice, and love have won. Easter means that in a world where injustice, violence, and degradation are endemic, God is not prepared to tolerate such things. And that we will work and plan with all the energy of God that Easter fire energy, to implement the victory of Jesus over all things. Take away Easter, and Karl Marx was probably right to accuse Christianity of ignoring the problems of this material world. Take it away, and Freud was probably right to say Christianity is a wish fulfillment. And take it away, and Nietzsche was probably right to say it was for wimps. (laughs) But we don't need to take it away (laughs) because God loves this world he made so much that he sent his son to it to die for it and rise for it, to redeem it and to forgive all and to overcome all that would ruin us and his good world. Today we celebrate the victory of this light over darkness, this love over sin, with songs and prayers, liturgies, and when we leave with, hopefully, lives inspired and empowered by this Easter fire, to overcome hatred with love, oppression with freedom, injustice with justice. When I was a believer at 19, when I gave my yes to Jesus, I felt his yes over me. And he shared some of that Easter fire with me, which moved me, enabled me to overcome injustice with justice in my own life, to make restitution with all the people I had wronged and taken things from, which at that point was a lot of people. I made a list, and it was pages long. And there was a lot of people and a lot of things, because uh, during my teen years, I was a pretty big thief, even stealing cars. And now I'm a pastor <laughs> <laughs> at Church of the Cross. <laughs> That's some Easter fire at work in my life. And there's a long story between those two things. I would love to share some time. But doing that restoration, that restitution work back then, that was one of the hardest and most exhilarating things I've ever done. And it was a taste of that Easter fire that, as an early believer. And now as a seasoned believer, I experience that fire a lot as, and mostly as, hope. Hope hope in the new creation of the resurrection, hope of healing for every person Jesus has died and risen for, which I believe is every person. Hear these final words from Kitty Ferguson again. The reality of the new creation of the resurrection is that every moment of our history has now been open to a future of healing and promise. But from moment to moment, the possibility and the reality remain of struggle, uncertainty. The future is just that, the future, not something we can know and control. It is in God's hands, ultimately. And we have been given confidence that God is the end of the story and that our history cannot just fall away into final, irredeemable chaos. It can't. And why? Because Jesus Christ has risen from the dead. Because today we celebrate that victory of life over death, of light over darkness, of love over sin. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen.